on uh, by the way you know you can watch this if you have a Roku you can you can download the, the app on Roku called Boxcast uh, and I think you can do it on Firestick as well but anywhere you can any place you can download one of those channels you can download it uh, the, the channel is Boxcast B-O-X-C-A-S-T that's for you out there in TV land uh, and then once you get Boxcast downloaded then you can go on to that open the Boxcast app and then you can look for First Baptist Manchester. You'll have to put Manchester because there's a, there's a First Baptist in every town in, in America. So uh, you'll have to type in First Baptist Manchester and from there you can watch it right on your TV set. And so um, we'd love for you to join us that way uh, or any other way whenever you can't be here. Of course, it's always best to be here. Nothing like being here live. Uh, so let's, uh, let's stand and let's sing together. All the people said amen. And all the people said amen. Oh, and all the people said amen. Give thanks to the Lord for his love never ends. And all the people said amen. You are not alone if you are lonely when you feel afraid. You're not the only. We are all the same in need of mercy to be forgiven and be free. It's all you got to lean on, so thank God it's all you need. And all the people said amen. Whoa, and all the people said amen. Give thanks to the Lord for his love never. your poor, well it don't matter, We or strong, you know love is what we're after, we're all broken but we're all in this together, God knows we stumble and fall, and he so loved the world and gave his son to save us all, and all the people said amen, oh Give thanks to the Lord for His love never ends. 
Amen, amen. You can be seated. Good morning. It's good to see you today. Glad that you're here. And we want to welcome those of you who are at home on this snowy morning and you're worshiping online. We're glad for all of you to be sharing with us in this worship. You know, it's hard to know what to do when it snows in the south. What do Southerners do with the snow? Those who move from uh, up north and the west wonder, what are you people so upset about? And native Southerners think, run for your lives, we're all going to die, you know. So it's just somewhere in between the two. So this morning we are not having connection groups and we're not having the 11 o'clock service. We wanted to be sure and have this 8.30 service if we could uh, because this is the service we do online and we're able to share with people who might not feel comfortable coming today. So I want to give thanks to these musicians and these technical crew uh, who uh, some of them come from outlying areas and brave the weather this morning and help us to get it online. I know Cassandra was here at 5.30 this morning getting things ready and we appreciate these people so much. And I understand from people coming in uh, from different parts of the county that some places there's no snow at all in Coffee County, people have told me. Uh, but, but in Manchester, we had everything white here and the roads white. Now it's sort of turning back over to rain a little bit. And our hope is we got a window here of, of rain. Uh, and so we're going to do the 830 service. We'll see about 945 if we have people coming and if conditions are still good. But we won't have the 11 o'clock service. And we don't have any connection groups or any child care above um, preschool. So kindergarten and up are in here with us this morning. And uh, so thank you to those who are worshiping online with us. And we want to share a few announcements with, with all of you. First of all... Um, we hope that you will send your offerings in. And uh, if you are not worshiping with us in person today, we count on your giving. So you can give on our church app. You can give on our church website online. You can mail the old-fashioned way your offerings in. Uh, and so we appreciate your giving faithfully to do the work of our church. Um, we have 115 students and leaders in Gatlin or in Pigeon Forge today for Strength to Stand conference on this uh, Martin Luther King Day weekend, and they'll be coming back tomorrow evening. So we pray for those 115 students and leaders who are there that God will work mightily in their lives. Your gifts uh, help us to do those kind of things, and so we appreciate uh, that uh, so much. And uh, I want to share with you that. Uh, Wednesday, the weather's supposed to be great, and uh, 50 degrees, we'll have Wednesday night, Lord willing, and so usually you have to make a reservation for a Wednesday night supper on today on Sunday. If you're watching online and you want to come on Wednesday night, this week only, uh, you can send a message to the church office and then pay when you get here. So this week only, uh, you can call the church office tomorrow. Uh, you can email us. You can send us a, a message on Facebook and just make your reservation that way and pay when you arrive. And so uh, we'd be glad for you to do that and join us this Wednesday night uh, for um, activities and for worship. A deacons meeting that was scheduled this afternoon. Our deacons will not meet. They'll be next Sunday afternoon, postponed till next Sunday for our deacon council and our deacon uh, family uh, ministry. So, glad that you folks are here. Thank you for coming. Those of you here in person, 50 or 60 people here maybe in this service, uh, I have preached to a lot less. When I was uh, first started preaching, um, I pastored a small church of about 25 people. We started a Sunday night service, and one Sunday night it was Cindy, my wife, 
and a young mother with three kids. And Cindy was over here, young mother with three kids on the front row over here. So I'd preach a while over here, preach a while over there. So, uh, uh, you know, it only takes two or three to be gathered together uh, for Jesus to have promised his presence among us. And so we're glad you're here online. We're glad you're here in person as we worship together uh, this morning. Let's bow together in prayer. Would you join me, please? Father in heaven, you remind us oftentimes that though we make plans, you are sovereign. You're in control, and we humble ourselves before you. We're in a surge of COVID again. Maybe, Lord, you have sent some bad weather that disperses our crowd to just help with this latest surge of COVID. I don't know. I pray for those who are suffering. I'm grateful that I hear that most of these cases are very mild. I pray for those people. Lord, you have sent this weather, and it reminds us that you're in control. We are not. We humble ourselves before you. You're the creator. You're the controller. You're the sustainer of our world. And, oh, God, we worship you, and we acknowledge your greatness and your goodness through Jesus Christ. And we thank you, dear Lord, that as we come before you today with our sins and our failures, that you have said in your word in Isaiah, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. So we pray you'd cleanse our lives by the blood of Jesus, that we may draw near to you in our homes or here in this building, and that we may worship you this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Humble ourselves before your greatness. Call upon you for your mercy and your guidance and your help. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. A couple, I guess it's been two weeks ago now that, that Tim and he took a group of folks over to a conference called Passion, and uh, <clears throat> and so he takes me back. Okay, well, first of all, let me set it up by saying you you may or may not remember that Dr. Cox is preaching through a sermon series called Shine Like Stars. Well, uh, Tim texts me and says, guess what song that they're doing here at Passion, and one of the big songs that they've just introduced, and in the name of it is called Shine Like Stars, and so we got to do that song. So uh, I got on there and found it, and, uh, and there's not, hardly nothing out there yet uh, to get it, so I had to kind of figure out what to do with it. But anyway, we, we're going to introduce it this morning. Uh, I, I, Jarrett, Jarrett, was gonna, Jarrett Baldwin's going to sing with us, but he got sick. So uh, anyway, he was going to sing this, so we're going to do our best to try to sing this this morning. And, uh, and, and wanted to introduce it to you. It's called Shine Like Stars. We, let's stand together. Let's see if we can do this. have seen the King of glory Oh, I'll never be the same 
Now I live to tell the story. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. I'm gonna burn bright. I'm gonna let love rise. I'm gonna shine like stars in the heavens. I'm gonna burn bright. I got just one light to shine like stars in the heavens. There's no shadow that could hide him. There's no place your love won't go. Light is breaking through the darkness. There's resurrection in my soul. You're the fire in my bones. We're gonna burn bright. I'm gonna let love rise. I'm gonna shine like stars in the heavens. I'm gonna burn bright. I got just one life to shine like stars in the heavens. Here I am with open hands, my life laid down of suffering. Here I am, oh Father, send me. Here I am with open hands, my life laid down surrendering. Here I am, oh Father, send me. Here I am with open hands, my life laid down suffering. Shine like stars in the heavens. I'm gonna burn bright. I got just one life to shine like stars in the heavens. I'm gonna shine like stars. I'm gonna shine like stars. I'm gonna shine like stars in the Christ alone, our hope is found. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm 
through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin. i
till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand till he Thank you, Lord, for your salvation. Thank you for your great gift that you've given to us. Oh, Lord, we come before you this morning uh, seeking your word this morning, seeking your heart, seeking your presence. You've said we're two or more gathered in your name. You will be there also. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, that, uh, that our worship has been worthy of this presence not because of that we're such great singers or whatever, but because our hearts are, are really worshiping you, Lord, this morning. And so, Lord, we give this all to you. Now, Lord, we ask you just to fill Dr. Cox with your Holy Spirit and just use him to touch our spirits uh, in such a way that uh, we will hear from you today and we will leave different than we came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Todd, and thank you again to these uh, musicians and technical people who uh, some of them came from far parts of the county and made their way in. I appreciate you so much helping us to do this service this morning. I'm sharing a series of sermons entitled Shine Like Stars. The name for that comes from Philippians 2, verse 14 and following, that says, Be blameless and pure in a crooked and twisted generation that you may shine among them like stars in the sky. So what we're doing in this month of January in this series is looking at passages of Scripture that have this symbolism of light and darkness. And we're trying to learn from these that even though, yes, we live in a dark world, how can we be a positive witness in this world? How can we be distinct and holy and different? How can we shine like stars? Today we come to another passage of Scripture that uses that symbolism of light and dark. And it comes from the author in the New Testament who uses this more than any other by far. His name is John. And in the Gospel of John and in the letters of John, John often talks of light and darkness. You don't only get four verses into the Gospel of John before he uses this symbolism. He said, that life has come into the world and this life is the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness is not overcoming it. John uses more than any other writer this symbolism. So we're going to look at 1 John at his letter that he wrote near the end of your New Testament. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5, here we go. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. The next verse says, If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Let me tell you a little background of that. We know from this letter that John is writing against false teaching. 
there were false teachers, and the whole first letter of John, he's dealing with this heresy. We don't know exactly what this heresy was. We just have to piece it together from the context of the letter. But from the letter, we can tell some things. And one of the things that we tell about this heresy right away is that they were claiming to have fellowship with God, and yet they were living in darkness and sin. And so right away, John says, God's light, and in him there is no moral darkness he's talking about. And then in this verse we just read, he says, if we claim. And so this, this phrase is several times in the letter, and it seems that John is stating what they claim. So when he says, if we claim, he is repeating the claims of these false teachers, okay? So here's the first one he's refuting. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. So apparently, and again, we don't know exactly how it was, but there were these, these groups, a, a cult that had broken off from the church, and, and they were claiming to know God, and yet they were living in sin. And John is saying that's impossible because God's light, in him there's no darkness. And if we claim to, to have fellowship with him but walk in darkness, we lie. It, it may be that in the Greek background they were big on intellect. And so they were claiming they knew God, they had been enlightened, but it hadn't made any moral transformation in their lives. And John said, you don't know God. That's impossible. Or it may have been, they, there was a lot of mysticism in, in the Greek background, and it may have been that they said, well, we feel God. We've experienced him. And so we, we have fellowship with God, and yet they were living in sin. And John here is saying that knowing God is not just intellectual, it's not just emotional, it is moral, it's a matter of the will. And if you claim to know God, it, and yet your life has not been transformed, it doesn't matter what you've got in your head, how much knowledge you got, it doesn't matter how great an emotional feeling you have, He's saying that it will make a moral difference in your life if you have fellowship with God and you're walking in fellowship with him because he's light and in him there is no darkness. You sort of get the idea there? And so John is refuting that and saying that if we claim to have fellowship with him, to be in right fellowship with God and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and don't live out the truth. Now in verse 7 he gives the alternative, but if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. The alternative is to confess your sins and walk in the light and you'll you have fellowship with other people, and you have the blood of Jesus that purifies you. I think there are people in, in uh, America like this today. Not e the exact same heresy, of course, but there are a lot of people. The majority of people in America today say they're Christians. They will name Christianity as their religion. But for many of us, there's not been a moral change. And so that we need to hear this. It doesn't matter how much you say, oh, I feel God in my heart. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have about God and you know all the facts about Jesus' death and resurrection in the Bible. If it hasn't made a transformation in your life, then he says you're at least not in right fellowship with God but, and you need to confess your sins. Because he said knowing God is a moral thing. There's no darkness in him. Now, so we as Christians are going to have, if we're going to shine like a light, like stars, we're going to have to be distinct people. Now, the next claim, look at verse 8. I don't mean by saying this that we're going to be perfect. We're certainly not going to be perfect. In fact, verse 8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So if we claim, there's that phrase again, I think this is another claim of the false teachers. They, they were claiming, eh, 
this isn't sin in our lives. Uh, this isn't sin. Today, sin has been explained away as a lot of other terms rather than what the Bible calls sin. So we relabel it or we re-diagnose it and it's just something that we've fallen into or an addiction or whatever. And certainly sin can be an addiction for which we need help. That's certainly true. But there's still that moral dimension to behavior that God condemns in his word is that it's sin. So if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. We're all sinners. Even after you become a Christian, you're going to be a sinner. So here's the remedy, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So confession needs to be a part of the continuing life of a Christian even after you're saved. And some people will say, well, if I'm saved and I'm going to heaven, why do I have to keep in my prayers confessing my sin? I've, still, I've already got that relationship. Well, think of it like marriage. Uh, if you're married, yeah, you still need to maintain the relationship, don't you? It's still good to say, I'm sorry, I messed up every once in a while, isn't it? And so in your relationship with Christ, yes, he saved you. You're going to heaven. But to walk, have fellowship with him, you need to confess those sins. And he'll for, he's faithful and he's just and he'll forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Let's go down to the next part in chapter 2, and we're going to see specifically how we can shine like stars in a dark world. Uh, and what he says here is that if we're to shine like stars, we're going to have to love one another in the church. Chapter 2, verse 9. Anyone who claims to be in the light, there's that phrase again, they were claiming they were being in the light, and yet hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. So this group, we learned from the rest of this letter, had they were not fellowshipping with the church anymore. They had broken off or they, they weren't coming. And Paul is, uh, John is saying here that um, you can't claim to be in the light and hate your brother or sister. And so church connection is an important indicator of being in the light because there's going to be a love for brothers and sisters, he's saying here. Verse 10, anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light. This is a test of whether you're in the light. Is there a love for the church? Is there a love for fellow Christians in your life? Is there a connection there? Because that's a visible test of a relationship to an invisible God. Anyone who loves their brother or sister lives in the light, and there's nothing in them to make them stumble. Now, that to make them stumble could refer to you or it could refer to other people. That's saying when you're in a connection with a church and you love your brothers and sisters in the church, it keeps you from stumbling. And it's also saying if you're connected to a church and love your brothers and sisters, it keeps other people from stumbling. You're not a stumbling block to anyone else, and it keeps them from stumbling. But verse 11 says, anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They don't know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. And so John is saying, without a connection to a church and without loving your brothers and sisters in that church, you're sort of stumbling around in the dark, he says. And he says, but if you'll, if you'll connect, you can come out of that darkness into the light. So folks, if we're going to shine like stars, we've got to love one another. Now, for some of you, that comes easy. Some of you are so merciful and kind, and some of you are like me, and it, you just have to work at it. 
You know, it's not your spiritual gift, and it's hard and, uh, to love other people. But let me read you a, verse, uh, a couple of verses from John's gospel to see how important this is. John chapter 13, the same guy wrote in John 13, 34, A new command I give you, love one another. As I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. How are we going to shine like stars in the dark world? He says, we must be characterized by a love for one another that demonstrates that we belong to Jesus Christ. Is that true of us? Uh, We've got to, in the church, if we're going to shine like stars, show a love for one another that though people would criticize us in other areas, they would at least say, but boy, they, they sure do take care of each other. They sure do love one another. That's what John said should be our trademark if we're going to shine like stars. You know, Nike's got that swoosh, and you see that swoosh, however you say that swoosh, uh, that you recognize that's, oh, that's, that's their trademark. That's Nike. Well, love should be our trademark, he's saying here. By this will all people know that you're my disciples if you, if you love one another. So we've, if we're going to shine like stars, they're going to know we've got to love one another. What's that look like? Let me share with you a few verses from 1 Corinthians 13. Let's just sort of think about our relationship. First, you've got to be connected, okay? got to be connected to a church. He said if you say you, you're in the light and, and you hate your brother or sister, you're not in the light. So you've got to be a connection. But within that connection, there's got to be a relationship of love. What's that to look like? 1 Corinthians 13 is called the love chapter. A lot of people refer this or think of this in terms of marital love, marriage love. We read it at weddings a lot. That's fine. I think it's a great passage for that. But that's not the original context of it. Original context of 1 Corinthians 13 is about love in a church. Because in 1 Corinthians, they didn't love one another. They were fighting and they were mad and they, they had all kinds of divisions and factions. And Paul puts this letter, this chapter in this letter to tell them how they're to live with one another in a church. So you just think, let's think about our relationship to one another as I read this. I read three verses, four through seven. Love is patient. Are you patient with other people in the church? He says that's got to characterize us. We've got to show that. We're going to say, you put up with other people. Uh, you're long-suffering. Love is kind. Are you kind to people? Basic kindness is a, is a demonstration of love. Are you kind to one another? It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. One of the great temptations of folks in church is for it to be all about me. It's probably a temptation in all of life, but it comes out in church. I want the music to be what I like. I want the temperature to be what I like. I want my connection group to be the one closest to the parking lot, my room to be there. Everybody wants that room right there. I want the biggest room, you know. Uh, but love is not self-seeking. It doesn't seek first for me. That's hard for me. It's probably not hard for you. That's hard for me. It's not easily angered. You're not supposed to get easily angered in your relationship with the church. It keeps no record of wrongs. Wow. Somebody's going to wrong you. Do you keep a record of that? Do you have a junk drawer in your kitchen or in your desk at home? Probably most of us have a a junk drawer, don't we? You got a flashlight and a screwdriver, 
somewhere. Don't you have that probably? That's okay. But you know what a lot of us do? We keep a junk drawer in our minds. And all the junk that people have done, we stick it into that junk drawer because we might want to pull it out sometime and use it, right? And whenever there's a problem, yeah, you said to me back in 1998, you know, we got all that stuff in there. And you know what it says? It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, doesn't give up. Does God say anything to you in those verses about your relationship to the church? If we're going to shine like stars, he said, first of all, there's got to be a connection. You've got to love your brothers. And in that connection, you're to be known by your love for one another. That's how we're going to shine and impress a twisted and a crooked world by our love for one another. Is God saying anything to you about your relationship in the church in those verses? Now, if we're going to shine like stars, let's broaden that because uh, God won't let us narrow our definition of a neighbor or who we're supposed to love. Remember in the parable of the Good Samaritan, they said, who is my neighbor? And he said, well, anybody in need is your neighbor. So uh, let's think about loving some people that are hard to love. If we're going to shine like stars, love is going to have to characterize us for even people beyond the church. Now, there are going to be different characteristics of love. The greatest love and bond, there ought to be a bond among us that we forgive one another, we put up with wrongs, we're not easily angered, we protect, we persevere, we're kind, that ought to impress the world. So that bond ought to be a great love. But even beyond that, we're going to have to show love if we're going to shine like stars. That's hard for me to do sometimes. I want to share with you four principles of application that help me uh, to keep in mind to love people that are hard to love, okay? Number one, understand that love does not equal approval. Love doesn't equal approval. You can love somebody even if you don't approve of what they're doing or who they are. Another way of saying it is, it's okay to do good things for bad people. It's okay to do good things for bad people. So sometimes you may feel like, well, I don't know if I should be friendly to that person because they're a a blank or whatever. It's okay to do Love doesn't equal approval. Let me show you that in Scripture in case you're not, I'm not sure about that. So let me show it to you in Scripture. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. Beginning at verse 43. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So God shows love and grace to bad people, doesn't he? He doesn't just make it rain, er, Christian's house, er, no rain. You know, he doesn't just sunshine, er, er, no. he doesn't do it. It just, it just sunshine. He's indiscriminate in his blessings in that common grace. And so he says, you can be too. You're like God when you show favor to people who are not good. doesn't mean you approve of them. God doesn't approve of everybody he sends sunshine on. But his love does not mean approval, neither does yours. So he goes on to say, verse 46, If you love those who love you, what reward would you get? Are not even the tax collectors 
doing that. And so, uh, if we're going to shine like stars, we're not going to shine like stars if we only love the people who love us. He said even the the world's going to do that. But if you love somebody that is different politically or morally or whatever, then that's going to show that you're like the Father who makes the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. So keep that in mind. Here's the second thing that that sort of helps me to keep in mind because I struggle with loving people. Some of you don't. I know. Some of you are very good at it, far better than I. But I struggle. Here's the second thing that helps me. Try to see the person behind the label. Try to see the person behind the label. Here's what we do. We label people. And when we categorize them then, we treat them differently. And that label might be conservative or liberal or Republican or Democrat or immigrant or lesbian or uh, Antifa or whatever. You just think of all the labels. And, And so we label them and we don't think of the person. Every one of your enemies, every person that's very different from you, there's a person behind that label. And you can love the person without approving of the action. I've told you the story before of how we're coming to the the anniversary of the abortion decision, Roe versus Wade. And so that that Roe, that defendant there, whose name, actual name was Norma McCorvey, one of those abortion protesters befriended and loved and she became a, a Christian. Didn't just see the label of, a, of abortionist or whatever, but saw the person behind the label. There's a, those people that argue with you at work and those people that you have trouble, that you don't approve of them. There's a person behind that that God loves and you can love without ever approving of what they do. Madeleine Murray O'Hare was the most famous atheist of the previous century. In the 20th century, Madeleine Murray O'Hare was the one who brought the suit to the Supreme Court to get prayer out of schools, changed the face of some of American culture by her actions, just a belligerent atheist. Christians did not like Madeleine Murray O'Hare in the 20th century. She died in 1995. She was murdered. IRS auctioned off some of her possessions to... uh, pay debts. One of the things they auctioned off were her personal diaries. She kept a diary. Six times in her personal diaries, Madeline Mary O'Hare said, somebody somewhere loved me. Six times, somebody somewhere loved me. Behind that facade of a belligerent atheist who was so hard to love, there was a person who was hurting. Somebody somewhere loved me. And if we're going to shine like stars, could we try to see the person behind the label? Here's the third principle of application that helps me. Love is best expressed in tangible action. Love is best expressed in tangible action. If you're taking notes and you can't spell tangible, put concrete. It's the same thing. Love is best expressed in concrete or tangible action. 
Think of God. God loves us. But God didn't just say from heaven, I love you. He sent his son to us. And when Jesus got here, he didn't just preach, even though that's the most important thing he did. But he healed and he cast out demons and he, and he held little babies. And he loved in tangible ways to tell us that there is a father in the midst of a world of tornadoes and disease. There's a father who loves us and Jesus came to show us that as well as tell us that in tangible ways. And if we're going to express our love to a world and shine like stars, we must express it in tangible ways. Is there anything you could do for somebody in your neighborhood, at work, in your family? Even somebody that's hard for you to have feelings of love toward, you can do things even when you don't have the feelings. Do you know that? You don't have to feel to do good. You can do good. Let your feelings catch up with your actions later. Baptists are always uh, laughed at because we make casseroles, you know. Whatever happens, oh, let's make a casserole, you know. Well, let me tell you, there are worse things than taking food to somebody, you know. Just, it's a tangible way of, of, of love. And if they don't like it, they know that you've, you, you care. Those who work in disaster relief, those who work in the ministries of volunteer at Good Sam, those who go every Monday and invest an evening of their life at Oakley, and in so many other ministries of our church, those of you who share in tangible ways the love of Christ and in your personal life, is there something you could do good for somebody at work who's given you a hard time? Do good in tangible ways. The fourth and final principle of application, if we're going to shine like stars in a dark world, helps me to think about the greatest love is sacrificial. You really want to shine, you give up something for somebody else. The greatest love is costly. It is sacrificial. Let me read to you what Jesus said again in John's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 12 through 13. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus said, I know you don't understand what I'm doing in your life. I'm going to show you that I love you. I'm going to lay down my life for you. And that is the greatest act of love. There's no greater act of love, he said. And so when you don't know if God loves you, you go back to the cross. Because the cross proves that God loves you. Because there's no greater act of love than he laid down his life for his friends and he's died for you. And so as we express that kind of love, love one another as I have loved you, he said. And so the greatest love that we can be is when it is sacrificial, when it's costly. Love, somebody has, someone has said love is spelled T-I-M-E. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. You give your time. And people who yesterday gave up their Saturday mornings to invest in children at Upward, and those of you who teach connection groups, and you give up some flexibility on your weekends. Yes, you can be gone. We'll get somebody to help you. But, but you're giving up some flexibility. You can't just be here one or two Sundays a month and teach a connection group. And you're giving up some things. And when you give up, you show tangible love. And it's the same way in our personal relationships. The greatest love is that which we give of ourselves to other people because the one who loved us, Jesus Christ, has given of himself to love us.
How are we going to shine like stars in a dark world, a twisted and a crooked generation? Oh, don't get caught up with the darkness. Light is greater than darkness. The light is overcoming the darkness, John says. If we're going to shine like stars, he's telling us specifically in this passage, we're going to have to look at our love life. And first of all, is there a love for the church? Because he says, if there's not a connection to the church, and you claim you know him, you're walking in darkness, stumbling around. And within that connection, he says, there must be a quality of love that will demonstrate that you, are, you belong to me. You're Jesus-like because you love one another with a Jesus-like love. And beyond that, if we're going to shine like stars, even to people beyond the church who are unlovely, we're going to love as Jesus has loved us. Is God saying anything to you about how in your life you need to shine like a star? Would you join me in prayer? Oh, God, thank you that you have loved us, not just with word, but in deed and in sacrifice. And God, we want to we represent you well and shine like stars in a dark world. And So right now, we just sort of want to examine where we are. We think, first of all, with our church, is there a commitment and a connection that will show that we have a love that perseveres? Are you saying anything to us, Lord, about being kind, not easily angered, not self-seeking, keeping no record of wrongs? If you are, we want to respond to your spirit right now. And then, Lord, are you saying anything to us about any person in our life that's sort of difficult to love? Lord, help us to see beyond the labels. Help us to do good, even as you have done good to us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing a song together. As always, there's an invitation. There's an opportunity for you to receive Christ or join our church or come for prayer. Stand together with me. If God speaks to your heart, would you respond? If you're watching online, let me say to you as we stand, if you want to respond in any way, then you can text me. My cell phone number is 931-808-7975. 931-808-7975. If you want to accept Christ as Savior, I'd love to hear from you. I'll text you back. Uh, if you want to join our church, join our church today online by texting me. Uh, if you have a prayer request, you're welcome to share that with me. You can also, if you're watching on Facebook, you can share in the Facebook comments and message there, and, and someone will, will get to you, or you can uh, text me at that number. Thank you for worshiping with us online today. Some people think you're distant, just some words on a page. But you're nothing more than fables handed down along the way. But I've seen you part the waters when no one else could pull me from the deep. That's who you are to me. Some people think you just live in cathedrals made of stone. But I know you live inside my heart. I know that it's your home. I've seen you in a sunset and in the eyes of a stranger on the street. That's who you are to me. You're amazing, faithful, love's open door. When I'm empty, you fill me with hunger for 
I'm sure that everybody does But I wonder when I stumble Am I still worthy of your love? But I know that I get stronger When I'm talking to you down on my knees You're everything I need You're amazing, faithful Love's open door When I'm empty You fill me with hunger for more seated. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us today. Thank you to those of you who have worshiped with us online on this snowy day. We're glad that you're a part of this. I want to just repeat the announcements I made at the beginning for those who have come in late or those who are joining us a little bit later on our broadcast. Uh, first of all, Wednesday night, we have our full slate of activities, and usually for Wednesday night supper, you have to make a reservation today, but because some of you are not able to be here, we're going to allow you for this week only. You can call in, email in, or leave a message uh, on our um, uh, Facebook or whatever for uh, Wednesday night supper. So you can just let us know if you want to make a reservation this week only. We'll let you do that, and you can pay uh, Wednesday night. So uh, we won't have deacons meeting that was scheduled for this afternoon. Deacon council and deacon family ministry will be rescheduled till next Sunday afternoon. Thank you for being here. Let's pray together as we go. Would you join me, please? Father, thank you for this chance to gather together. I thank you for the technology that you've allowed us to gather virtually and to have people share in worship even who cannot be here. I pray you bless each person under the sound of my voice. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to shine like stars by loving one another. 
This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You're amazing, faithful, love's open door. When I'm empty, you fill me with hunger for more of your mercy, your goodness. Lord, you're the air that I breathe. That's who you are. You are greater, higher, over it all. In your presence, Jesus, I stand to